It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. It's one of the biggest upsets in NBA playoff history. The Bucks are heading home after Jimmy Buckets got them again. Also, the Knicks won their first playoff series in a decade, and the Chiefs may look defense in the first round. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This is how the Milwaukee Bucks season ends. Not with the bang, but with a whimper. A 128-126 overtime loss. A gentleman's sweep by the eighth-seeded Heat over the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks with a 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter. This after blowing a double-digit lead with just six minutes left to go in Game 4. This is an all-time historic disaster. That's not hyperbole. That is just what the numbers say. Frank Madden from Locked On Bucks joins me now. And Frank, how in the world did this happen? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it really is like you just have to laugh at this team because, I mean, <laughs> it's like a great group of guys. You know, they, they've they been a great team to follow, very likable, um, best record in the league. Yeah, coming up. Mo- yeah, most of this team obviously was part of the, you know, the core was was carried over from a team that won a championship two years ago. And in that championship, they won pretty much every close game. They closed out games. They were clutch. They did what was needed. Giannis made his free throws in game six of the NBA finals. And, you know, from the first quarter of, of game one of this series, it just felt like something was amiss. Giannis gets hurt in that first game. And, you know, just, I mean, Jimmy Butler, right? I think that, that what we have, that's who we have to start with in this series. The best player in this series, hands down, every game, whether Giannis was playing or not, was Jimmy Butler. He was incredible. And, um, you know, the legend of, of playoff Jimmy. I mean, remarkably, right? He scored 58 points in the entire series against the Bucks two years ago in a four-game sweep. This series, he has a 56-point single game. Yeah. And tonight, um, once again, just making all these huge plays with 42 points. And looked like he might have missed that last chance to win the game late in regulation. And then the Bucks, because they cannot get them get out of their own way and just, you know, Benny Hill, cue Benny Hill music uh, for the entirety of every fourth quarter in this series. Apparently, um, they gave gave the Heat a chance, bungled everything, and uh, Jimmy gets that terrific push off plus <laughs> nice push off. But um, do what you have to do, and t- sends the game in overtime. And you know, I don't know if a team could have worse vibes going into an overtime than this team than this Bucks team had. Um, but usually that it's it's weird how momentum doesn't really carry over typically in these overtimes. And um, it felt like, you know, they go up 126, 119. It felt like, oh, the Heat have this. Bucks somehow get back to actually have a chance. And, I mean, the whimper you you referred to, I mean, I don't know if there can be a bigger whimper than the fact that you have the ball down two with ample time to get a shot and pass left. it around. 
cannot create an open look summary of the Bucks final quarters, these last two games and Grayson Allen ends up attacking off a closeout and literally doesn't get a shot off. So just, you know, an absolutely fitting punctuation point to one of the biggest upsets in the history of first round upsets in the history of this sport. Well, let me uh, ask you about uh, coach bud, because with 0.5 seconds left after the Jimmy buckets, made his Jimmy bucket. They don't call timeout for reasons unknown to anyone. And then, and and we're recording this as coach is, is presumably explaining this uh, in his press conference, maybe. And then with 10 seconds left, as we mentioned earlier, the possession has gone nowhere. The Bucks have not one, but two timeouts and decide to use neither. Uh, this was on Twitter already. Like this is, this is the moment that coach Budenholzer cannot survive with the idea that remember just two years ago, he was a Kevin Durant shoe size away from potentially getting fired the year they won the title. I mean, the not calling the timeout with 0.5 left first off, you know, players have to know this the situation. Yeah. I, I don't recall. I, I don't recall who passed it inbound, but you know, terrible. Why did you decision. do that? <laughs> terrible decision, right? It should be automatic call timeout. Everybody on the floor should know the situation and that you have a timeout to advance the ball. I mean, you know, this isn't college, right? Like there's a massive advantage from calling that timeout, especially with 0.5. I mean, there's no illusion that you can get a shot off. Um, so that was just massive incompetence starts with the coach, you know, score and situation, right? Like that you have to drill that home into the players. Budenholzer should be standing at the free throw line, calling that timeout running onto the floor, you know, after, after the basket and said, they're just kind of, I mean, amazingly, they weren't so shell-shocked that they just, you know, walked off the floor at that point. Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Bucks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Knicks are moving on for the first time in a decade in the NBA playoffs. Before we get to that, the Warriors are also a win away from moving on. Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. It's the best because it is healthy. Yes, hits all of the macros that you want. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar. But it tastes like something so much more decadent. Because it's covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. I've got the cookies and cream puffs on Order. They are on their way to my pantry as we speak. These are candy bars, you would think, you would taste, but they're not. They are protein bars. They are packed full of the good stuff. They just taste great. And you can go to built.com and get what you need, or if you're out and about, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart and get a box of your choice. You can thank me later. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Kings made a furious comeback attempt, but ultimately fell short in a too little, too late effort against the Warriors. You know what? Tonight, 
I saw the defending world champion Warriors. I have not seen that team in a long time. I saw them tonight. The grit, I thought, was back. The pace control was back. The clutch shooting was back. The swagger was back. There was just, I mean, this was the team that won the title. Uh, I don't know where they've been uh, uh, all year, but then again, they've been doing this for so long, maybe they don't care about the regular season anymore, and they only care about the Warriors Invitational, and maybe rightfully so. The Memphis Grizzlies forced the LA Lakers to a game six. In FedEx Forum, what is said to the god of death on this night? Not today. It is not the time for the season to end for the Memphis Grizzlies. They pull out a big Game 5 win, and now the series turns back to Los Angeles for Game 6 on Friday. I'm Joe Molinax of Locked On Grizzlies, and if I seem excited, it's because I am. Because for the first time in these playoffs, we saw John Morant and Desmond Bain appear the way that they did throughout the regular season, like one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Both players dominated throughout the contest, getting to their spots, getting good looks, finding ways to create offense, not just for themselves, but for others. And it helped the Memphis Grizzlies get enough scoring. Luke Kennard certainly helped as well. His spacing was massive in this game, helping the Grizzlies go on a big run. He hurts his shoulder. Hopefully Luke Kennard will be good to go going into game six. He matters a heck of a lot. Aaron Rodgers met the New York media on Wednesday and he addressed why he wanted to play for the Jets. They smoked us last year, so I knew they had a good team. <laughs> uh, we got to practice against them a couple years ago, and we got to get to know Robert a little bit more. And I've always loved what he's all about. We played him in San Fran a, a few times, and mostly they got the best of us. Um, but I liked the way that he was leading, his coaching style. Um, a big reason I'm here, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here. Uh, Hackett and I became really close friends for three, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, three years in in Green Bay, and I love him like a brother, and I believe in him, and I'm uh, really happy to be back working with him again. Obviously, Joe has got a great track record so far of drafting some incredible players, uh, but it takes a system, and obviously Robert has the uh, the right sauce, so I'm excited about getting to work with him and Brick and uh, Mark Kwan, former teammate of mine, and uh, it's a great staff. But, you know, I'm an, old, I'm an old guy, so I want to be a part of a team that can win it all. And I believe that this is a place we can get that done. Head coach Robert Sala said Rodgers had already been to a meeting and that he did not wear shoes to that meeting. So take that for however you want to take it. Minnesota Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards was cited for third-degree assault after he allegedly swung a chair that struck two female employees following the team's series-ending loss to the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday night in Game 5 at Ball Arena. This, according to the Denver Police Department. The incident occurred as Edwards headed toward the Wolves' locker room after the loss and swung a folding chair, injuring the employees. The injuries were not serious, according to a Denver Police spokesperson. Third-degree assault is a Class 1 misdemeanor in the state of Colorado. And Edwards could face jail time if convicted. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Florida Panthers survived the Boston Bruins for one more game. It is in fact true that cats have multiple lives. What is up, guys? This is Armando Velez from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers defeat the Boston Bruins on the road by a final score of 4-3. to Their second road win in this seven-game series. 
and the Florida Panthers, even though they never trailed, the Boston Bruins were dominating this game and Sergei Bobrovsky was coming up huge in this one. During this game, myself and a whole bunch of Florida Panther fans were just waiting for the shoe to drop for the, for the Boston Bruins to take a grasp on that lead, but Sergei Bobrovsky coming up big as well. Both of the Sams coming up big with a goal on their own. Anthony Duclair getting the first one. And the Panthers were quick to get to the pucks at times, especially on that final goal. And on the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds swept the Texas Rangers thanks to their second walk-off in three games. And that is a sweep! What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast, and Nick Senzel walks them off. The homer streak is done. The Reds win three in a row after one harrowing week last week on the road. But you know what? That's in the past. Dubs all around. Reds get the win. Great pitching performance from Graham Ashcraft. And the bullpen, they might have let up that one run, but hey, pretty good performance overall for this Reds ball club. Great baseball win beating up on the Rangers for three straight games. We got a lot to talk about on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure you join us. Here is another story you need to know. In the Eastern Conference, we are going to party like it's 1990-something. The New York Knicks have sent the Cleveland Cavaliers packing 106-95. They get the 4-1 series lead. Despite being the five seed in the 4-5 matchup, they will take on the Miami Heat, who stunned the Milwaukee Bucks. Joining me now from Locked on Knicks, Alex Wolf. Alex, this Game 5 looked a lot like Games 1 through 4. What did you see in this one? Yeah, maybe not so much like game two, but definitely like games one, one, three, and four. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it was just more the same. I think that I think my favorite stat out of this game, though, and my my favorite guy to give like player the game for this game five was Mitchell Robinson. Uh, If you look at he almost had as many offensive rebounds as Jared Allen and Evan Mobley had combined offensive and defensive rebounds between two of them uh mitch and 11 offensive boards in this one for mitchell robinson 11 offensive boards 18 boards total uh mobley and allen combined for 13 boards total so pretty impressive stuff i mean he just absolutely worked them on the glass which he has all series but it was just extra pronounced in this game but rj barrett too is just absolutely amazing which i mean he had a rough first two games of the series and really heard it from like the fan base and stuff and everybody's like man you know it's it's time for rj to start stepping up you know what i mean like he's he's going into his second contract next year he's going to be making you know like over 25 million dollars a year like he's he's going to be making more than jalen brunson starting next year yeah um so i mean it's it's time for him to start stepping up and he's he's doing it in a big way in these last three games uh, which hopefully he can carry into that matchup with Jimmy Butler because those two have always had kind of a cool, uh, like sort of almost like sibling rivalry. It's weird. Like Jimmy Butler hates everybody, but he kind of loves RJ Barrett um, <laughs> every time they play the Knicks. So I'm sure there won't be any of that in this series. Jimmy Butler's all about he's he's in ultra competitive mode right now, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, the, you know, those two, I think were the biggest keys to this game, but that's not to say anything like, that like Jalen Brunson wasn't fantastic again. Like his shooting percentages might tell you a story like, Oh, he was bad. But like, you got to understand, like he was facing like double, triple, whatever teams in this game, because they were doing everything they could to try to stop him. And yet he still made plenty of key buckets. And then also just started, you know, 
plenty of great actions where he was able to get other players involved or just at least get something up at the rim and allow his guys like Mitchell Robinson to go in there and get rebounds. Um, so it was, it was a pretty fantastic game. And, you know, just another one of those where the Knicks just kind of out muscled out hustled the Cavs to put this series away. And, quite frankly, like demoralized them on their own court. They had their home fans booing them for the final like seven minutes of the game because they just rocked them that hard. It was it was pretty cool to see as a Knicks fan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it and it was the defense for most of this series and and the offensive rebound, rebounding that, that really carried the New York Knicks. Now it's Tom Thibodeau against his old pal Jimmy Butler um, in – what is going to be a knockdown drag out fight? How sustainable is this defense against the Heat team that we just saw shoot the absolute lights out and get an incandescent performance from playoff Jimmy? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I mean, I know this is like kind of crazy to say, but like he doesn't worry me quite as much as the amount of big man shooting that mm. the that the Heat have. In particular, Kevin Love. I mean, was kind of hilarious about this Cavs series is that they had Kevin Love earlier this season and then they decided to buy him out and he went to the Heat and like Kevin Love was a player that could have potentially beat or at least made things different for the Cavs versus the Knicks you know like it, he's the type of guy that they struggle with a little bit because when you have stretch bigs that's that's sort of the formula to to screw up Tibbs's preferred defense um so Kevin Love is honestly if if I'm going to pick like an early X factor I think he's it um, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's playing amazing, but so is Jalen Brunson. I don't know who the, the Heat have that can stop Jalen Brunson. Uh, so there might be a bit of a, a duel uh, between those two, you know, Jimmy versus versus Brunson. And then, like I said, I, I hope R.J. Barrett keeps things up. I haven't brought it up yet because it's concerning, but Julius Randle, uh, I'm not super hopeful about being available in that first game. Uh, he re-sprained his ankle that he had just come back from that had kept him out like over two weeks uh, prior to the start of the playoffs. And then he played obviously through four and a half games uh, in the playoffs, but then sprained the exact same ankle again, really did not look good. I don't think things are looking great for him to play game one if I had to make just an educated guess. Stay up to date all year on the New York Knicks by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Knicks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Chiefs may look to the defensive side of the ball with their first-round pick. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Figuring out who will be there at the end of the first round of the NFL Draft is a crapshoot. With who was available, host Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs sees Kansas City going with some pass rush help. With the 31st and final selection of the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs select edge from Georgia, Nolan Smith. 
I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and this has been a fun exercise. And after both Darnell Wright and Anton Harris go off the board, it leaves the Kansas City Chiefs in a situation that they didn't find themselves in or didn't expect to find themselves in. And in doing so, it has to leverage the fact that Steve Spagnuolo and Joe Cullen, who likes to run a 3-4, are working together to reform this defense. That means that there's a lot of possibility for a hybridization here. And while I think a 3-4 is what fits Nolan Smith best, he is an edge rusher, period. They can scheme him up, and that is exactly what they will do. In an effort to pair with George Karloftis on the far side that they uh, drafted at edge last year, they now have a pair. And yes, they can tool it around so that Nolan Smith can come free and do what he does best, and that is attack the passer. This is going to help the Kansas City Chiefs get down the road and get a balance to kind of go with what they have with the offensive genius that is Patrick Mahomes and try to get back to another Super Bowl. Successful selection for the Kansas City Chiefs. You can hear more about it on Locked On Chiefs with me and Chris Clark every day, five days a week, every time you want to tune in. Far be it for me to tell the Chiefs how to run what has been a highly successful organization. All they do is go to the Super Bowl. They've already won two with Patrick Mahomes. But as someone who watched Aaron Rodgers every season for the last however many seasons since he was the starter in 2008, don't forget that just because you can win games with Patrick Mahomes being incredible doesn't mean you should always try to. Aaron Rodgers was awesome and the Packers won a lot of games because Aaron Rodgers was awesome. And they rolled through receivers, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. But eventually, you run out of rope. And then you need your quarterback to be incredible. And he was last year, even without star receivers. But Travis Kelsey, getting into his mid-30s, don't neglect that skill talent. Because just because Patrick Mahomes can do it, doesn't mean you always want to ask him to do it. Make life a little easier on him. Don't always try and fix the defense just because you have Patrick Mahomes. Get ready for the NFL Draft with your comprehensive mock draft special that only Locked On can bring you. Our local experts with our national scouting experts combined with our college experts to give you what you expect for the upcoming draft. Find it on Locked On NFL on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And finally... Patience is a virtue. Good things come to those who wait. Do what you love and the money will follow. There are a lot of proverbs about patience that Drew Maggi has probably heard. The patience paid off on Wednesday. The Pirates' 33-year-old infielder had played over 1,100 games in 13 minor league seasons without getting a major league at-bat. Maggi pinch hit for Andrew McCutcheon with one out in the eighth inning and received a standing ovation from teammates in the Pirates' dugout and the sparse crowd at the ballpark. Of his long road to here, Maggi said, there was a little bit of me that was like, you know what, you love playing baseball. Keep going no matter what. Crazy things happen in this game, so I'm very thankful that I'm here and that I get to enjoy this. I'm excited for the day. A good reminder to just keep pursuing what you love. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, we all have, coming up tomorrow, we'll have all the details and the biggest stories out of the first round of the NFL draft. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.